0: Love Saturday, breaking cycles, we rebels. Self Love Self-love Saturday, Self Love Saturday, breaking cycles, we rebels. Welcome to Self Love Saturday. We're loving ourselves as an act of rebellion. This is your host, Dr. Anissa Shomo. A, I am a family medicine physician in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I would like to welcome to the show today, Tiffany Cunningham. Tiffany, go ahead and tell everybody who you are and what you do.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Tiffany Cunningham. I am the owner of Tiffany's Beauty and Barber Studio. I've been in business for five years now. Um, I had the passion for hair since I was a young girl to age of 12 and I'm now pursuing my dream. That is awesome. So when I, a lot of
0: people who come on my show, I have a um, personal connection with and I've known for many years and so, Tiffany, I've known you for many years because you are my hairstylist. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've just been really proud of everything you've been able to do. That The last episode I just, um, just did about services coping, I talked about being raised by business owners and, you know, just people who have that dream and that ability to just get it done. And that's what my parents did. And growing up in a big family, having, you know, a lot of siblings, it was really amazing to see my parents. Despite having, you know, nine children just really go after their dreams and say, you know, I want something different for my life and I want to be my own boss and I want to show my children that they can dream big and, and right. you know, and have a lot of big goals. So, because, you know, I know you bought, you bought a building recently, so now you own the building. Um, yes. So congrats on that. And, you know, I just Thank really. You.
1: I'm just really proud of all all you've been able to accomplish in five years. Thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate you. Like since you came in my life, it's been amazing. Um, you're definitely a good friend and client as well. Um, yes, to speak on that far as um pursuing your dreams and you know, you know, you want to do something different from what you grew up, you know, around and um step out. So I started um, doing a nine to five and only doing hair on Saturdays. I never thought that I would do it full time because I always thought I wanted to be in the medical field. Yeah. So, you know, I stepped out once I prayed about it. First of all, I stepped out on faith and I just went with it. I mean, I started with probably about six clients and um, five, four or five years later, I have over a thousand clients. So, uh-huh. you know, it's growing and it's it's continuing to grow. And it's not just doing hair for me. It's more of um, making a person smile, feeling confident, feeling good about themselves and, you know, creating something for them to, you know, to have something daily to remind them, like, I am beautiful. You know, my hair is beautiful. My style is great, you know. Yeah. So it's more of building relationships with the clients more than just doing hair
0: yeah and that was and that's what the focus of today's topic is about beauty is coping because there are moments in our lives when we don't feel confident or even when we just don't have time or the strength to focus on that you know aspect of presenting ourselves to the world in a way that is professional and um confident even when we don't feel that way and so for me one of the reasons I wanted to have you, you know, be the person I wanted to talk about this with is number one, we've had great conversations about, um, this kind of thing. And the other piece is you really helped me, um, this, this past, you know, for a long time, but especially this past year, after I had my hysterectomy, I couldn't move. Like I, I couldn't, um, stand up to go to the, to take a shower, barely. I could, you know, stand up to take a shower. Um, and I didn't, I couldn't, I didn't have the strength to like to actually just comb my hair. And so my hair was starting to get like really matted. And I was like, I need to go um, to Tiffany and get my hair together. And then I also was just like, I need to start getting braids because I just don't have the time and energy anymore to to spend all this time doing my hair. And, you know, on a daily basis even because of this COVID pandemic. So, you know, as a doctor in a pandemic, I'm a patient. And I'm a doctor. And I was like, one thing right. I do not need to worry about right now is my hair. <laughs> right. So, right,
1: Exactly.
0: I, I remember asking you, like, how long does it take you to braid? And you told me like four hours. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna be here. I need to get some braids because I am tired of having to worry about my hair. And it's, it's just one of those things like beauty, you know, beauty can be really helpful for people at times to just be able to get their job done. Like now I can just right. go and doctor and not have to worry about my hair,
1: you know? <laughs> so right. right. thank exactly. you.
0: Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but it's one of those things that you also said about being different, because I think that sometimes the beauty um, can be destructive at times. So when we talk in my course, I talk about constructive coping, destructive coping. So definitely beauty can be constructive when it comes to, you know, just having somebody help you have that confidence. But it, sometimes it can be destructive because people can constantly compare themselves to other people. Like even with my braids, I, one of my friends is like, I want to get my hair braided, but I can't afford to because it's so expensive. And it's just all that like comparison and not really right. understanding right. like, you know, they're, they're you know, you got to figure out what works for you and what's in your budget and what what you can do without making yourself feel worse that you can't do X, Y, Z, you know? Right, exactly.
1: So you just have to have, like, me as a stylist or anyone as a stylist, you just have to have the patience, you know, and kind of listen to the client. You got to grow to know, you know, what they like, the styles they like. Um, and just like you said, like, if they have something coming up as far as um, surgery or um, having a baby or going on vacation, you know, it, it, it's brought. So it's basically... Um, just for you, I know it would have been difficult to comb out your hair once you got, you know, once it's matted. You'll probably give up, want to cut it off. But me and a I salad, you know, I'm walking to <laughs> it. But I was ready to all you know. off. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm gonna talk you through it. We're gonna have good conversations and I'm gonna just take my time to get through it because I want you to have healthy hair. You know, I wanted to also be you want your natural hair to be healthy and also you want to have a hairstyle that you have so you can have, you know, that you don't have to worry about your hair. Um Yeah. And a lot of people, like you were saying, like far as social media, um, people are worried about like how they look and, you know, like, you know, in the mirror all the time or oh, I got to be presentable this way, but I can't afford to keep it up or, you know, it's a battle between it all. So it's, you know, like you said, you gotta pick and choose what your battles are um far as when it comes to your budget. Um, but if people, you know, it's something that you you have to have. I feel that you have to have and be presentable and take care of yourself. It's part of hygiene, it's part of a daily um thing. So if you just save a little bit, you know, at a time, the braids last forever. I mean, not forever, but they last a good amount of time. To I, yeah, whereas, they, like Yeah.
0: It's just yeah. one of those things. Like, I know people have goals and are like, you know. I want to be able to get to the point where I can um, do something like that on a regular basis. But it's just one of those things for me. Like I personally don't put a lot of like my identity in my hair because Mm -hmm. people can't see you right now, but you have a fade. And that's what I said. I'm like, I would just cut it off and rock a fade. Like I don't, it's not that important to me. I know that, you know, as beauty is important, it can increase our confidence, but I sometimes find it hard when people kind of fall into those traps of, Um, putting all of your like identity into your, into your hair or into your anything, because for me as a, I specialize in taking care of older adults and our appearance changes over time. It's part of life that your appearance is going to change. And it's part of life to try to adapt and be flexible with those times. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, what, so, you know, that's the biggest thing for me is just embracing being different because there's different yeah. times in your life when you're gonna look different than you did before. Like I haven't had raised in like 20 yeah. years. And so for me, that's been a big difference. Um, I'm used, to, you know, and people are used to seeing me with my, with my big curly hair that right. I've had for like 10 years. So, um, people have been, um, like, oh, you look different, you know? Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so of course everybody's been, you know, loving it. All my, all my uh, patients have been like, oh, wow, you look really nice in braids. But it's one of those things, like if I decided to cut all my hair
1: off too, I would have looked great like that as well, you know, right. <laughs> because right. you, you look great good. Hair. Thank you. Change is good. Different is good. And like you said, you don't always want to look the same over time, age. You can have a hair full of hair for your early part of your life. And then, you know, eventually you'll start thinning. And, you know, I've seen some of the, the most beautiful women that have no hair at all. And I'm like, I stop them and say, You look so beautiful. You know, I just want you to know. And it's a compliment. Some people um don't do well with compliments, you know, but at the same time if i see something and it's just natural beauty i'm beauty i'm gonna you know compliment it. Nice. um so like with me with my short hair people a lot of times say oh, are you going to grow your hair back your style is you going to change it up i'm like i'm pretty simple i like the shortcut it fits me it's good for my schedule um it's different for me you know i had long hair my whole life and um like far as people that, you know, aren't thinning or that don't have the confidence to go short or, you know, I give them different options to say, you know, hey, like it's so many options out here in the world. And I know you are thinning. I know you may have went through cancer or you may have alopecia or something like that, but you have life. So mm-hmm. that's the most important thing. So um, other than that, like we can always do something to our hair as women, you know, right. the most important thing, you're breathing. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, and I
0: feel like that's, it's interesting in life how we kind of have those four circle moments like you started yes. out in healthcare, and then you transition right. into being a stylist. But you can talk to people like from a health perspective of, you know, I'm just happy right. that you're alive and I'm grateful that you're still here with, here with me breathing so we can work on this hair. You know <laughs> yeah, Exactly. You
1: know. <laughs> and that's why I tell people all the time. I'm like, that's the least of our worries. I mean, I know it's our appearance and we want to look good. I said, But there's so many things we can try. And you know, we may have some things, we may try some things where it doesn't work, it doesn't look right, but we'll hit it on the nose and you'll, you know, love it. And I have plenty of clients that I know went through that with. And they're I mean, the style that I picked from, they love it. Like Tiffany, I'm getting that again. I love it. I look good, you know, they're happy. Yes. So that that makes me happy. Oh.
0: <laughs> yes, and it is, yeah. and it's, and it's really important to have someone who can, who can, you know, have a variety of styles that you can offer to people because that, like, when you say, like, oh, it doesn't look right, I just don't like, yeah. like, obviously, you know, you can have your hair in a style that is supposed to look a certain way, but it doesn't look that way, but oh, I right. think that people just really have a hard time embracing change, you know. So sometimes people will be like, it doesn't look right because it doesn't look like how they looked before, but it's like, but you can't Mm -hmm. go back in time. Like you have to be realistic and you have to do the best with what you have. And I think that for me, one of the things I say as a family doctor is I feel like I'm like a a glorified grief counselor because people's bodies are changing over time. And a lot of Mm -hmm. times people really have a hard time accepting that. They're like, I don't want to be on this medicine. I don't want to take that medicine because I'm young, and it's just like, well, your body says that mm-hmm. you're not. You know,
1: right, exactly. <laughs> and, and, exactly. We're, and we're all
0: aging. <laughs> we're all aging mm-hmm. every day. Like even little babies are getting older every day. You know. Right. And so I try to get people to understand that that is the key to life. Is is you know the key to survival is being able to adapt and change and be flexible. Right. And not having like a fixed idea of beauty only looks a certain way, or my hair right. can only look a certain way, or, you know,
1: women should only look a certain way. Right. Exactly. So there's like some where they say, like, we are therapists. To our clients. Right. And then basically like we have to keep encouraging them and keep lifting their spirits every time. You know, some people go through journeys and like, oh, this on right. I'm like just give it time. Just be patient. It's gonna come along. And then the trust of process. So a lot of people have not done that. And that's how my clientele keep building because I now got referrals after referrals because they like, you know, how I go about everything and I actually listen, you know, and to you know, listen to them with their ideas and what they want to you know, some people bring in pictures and yeah. I'm like, okay. You have totally different hair shapes. You have different textures of hair. It's not going to look like the picture, but it kind of gives me an idea of what you're going for. And this is my suggestion for that, you know, and I kind of redirect it to something else that I think will fit them, but kind of similar to what they wanted. Right. Yeah. Like managing expectations, like
0: it's so important in life to manage expectations, you know, and that's was it's good to do that up front because then people, if otherwise, if you try to make it look the same, then they'll be like, well, this don't look right. And it's like, (laughs) well, because that style wasn't really meant meant for you. So just trying to help people be realistic. And that's what I try to do as far as one of the things I tell my patients is your body is like a car, you know, Mm -hmm. when it has a hundred thousand miles, when you get a hundred thousand miles on a car, you're going to have to put different oil in it. Right. And you don't lament that because it's a car and you can get another one, right? But this right. is your body; you only get one. So a lot of I'm times, one. there's a lot of emotional baggage with people like, "I'm getting older. I'm getting older," and it's like that's the goal, you know? Right, <laughs> like, right, right. <exactly. laughs> the
1: goal <laughs> is gotta, for you, you gotta, to you get,
0: take care of it, right? So the goal is for you to get older, and we're trying to figure out how do you function and how do you adapt to the fact that you're getting older, because, you know, it's just one of those things, every decade, every decade of your life is going to be different from the prior decade. Right. And I think, you know, we talked a little bit before we started just about um, social media, how that has really put a different perspective on beauty, because people are constantly being, you know, watching images of other people and comparing themselves to other people. Um, and I think one of the biggest things for me that I try to do as far as social media goes, when it comes to like beauty standards and beauty, uh, like, I don't know, just like, I think that uh, people will consume, you know, a lot of this, a lot of like beauty information is coming at them. And like, um societal standards and just different things in that way and not really realize but for me obviously part of what my brand is all about is like mindfulness and being aware of what you're consuming and so I try not to be on social media a whole lot and I try not to be on pages Like that's the biggest thing is like if you if you are getting falling into that trap of constantly comparing yourself to other people or constantly criticizing yourself like I want to look like that or I like that and it's not really realistic
1: for you right you should probably just unfollow those people you know right there's something like the reality tv where they think they have to wear makeup every day they have to have curls all the time they have to hair, have straight long hair have to have lashes but in reality it's like you should it starts within yourself like the natural your beauty starts within yourself you have to be okay with how you look and how you you know so you know um and that like one of the things where people used to always say about me, like you're not going to post a picture because it didn't look right. I became over time, like hey, I'm in the moment. I look good. If I don't look good, I look good to me. So I'm not worried about what somebody else says. So it's like just that moment we had was enjoyable. I'm not going to disregard the moment because I didn't look right or I didn't have my hair a certain way or you know. So it it starts with within. So people need right. to start with that. And like you said, to unfollow like those people. Like that's how a lot of people get. Um, stress and um, you know other ideas of just depression or certain things come about you know because it's not realistic.
0: Right, and that that was one of the things when that whole report came out about social media. It talked about uh, when when the whistleblower um, from Facebook when she came mm-hmm. out and said that the because the biggest thing for me is right now especially as somebody I am a family doctor so I take care of teenagers and I can really see a big difference in how the, the the brain development of young women is being impacted by social media and like constantly comparing yourself to your friends and comparing yourself to these celebrities and that sort of thing and I'm really really grateful that we grew up in a time without that but I think right. that some people are just more prone to it than others you know and I think okay. that people have to just recognize like when it's not healthy for you, just like anything, you can be addicted to anything, alcohol. I talked right. about, you know, how I was binge drinking uh, at a time when I was coping in a destructive way. So sometimes people can be doing a lot of destructive coping. That's, you know, just tearing your body, your self esteem down. So you have right. to like, so just like for me, when I recognize that I was drinking too much, you have to recognize and give yourself that feedback of, I'm comparing myself too much to these, to these people. And also people have like parents need to be careful with their daughters, especially, and with their sons too, Mm -hmm. because they can get into that. They don't do it as much with the beauty, but they can do it with money and all this sort of thing, cars. So there can be a Uh lot of pressure from social media. Um, And so just having conversations with your children about like, a lot of this stuff isn't real people right, are doing exactly. a lot of filters and all this sort of stuff mm-hmm. because there have been studies that show for the young the the teens it definitely in, like makes their depression worse has been making anxiety worse um, a yes. lot more eating disorders like all types of mm-hmm. stuff being negative all types of just negative health impacts because of social media so people just have to have to understand that it can you know just all of this comparison can be dangerous. And even just like without social media, I feel like our generation before we even have social media, you can literally just stand in the mirror all day and just pick yourself apart.
1: Mm -hmm, You definitely can. Um, I definitely have those conversations with my children myself. Um, and then my client babies. they are my babies, So, you know, I have those conversations with them too as well. Like, you know, it's, so many like you said filters um and stuff that's just not realistic um and then like you said the pressure like as far as you know buying cars they see everybody on social media like oh i get a car i want to go drive everybody want to drive now you know but don't want to think about what comes behind all the responsibility of everything so it's like so then that's when the depression and you know stuff comes up and where i can't keep up with everybody else but it's like you have to start with the in- yourself the individual person you find your identity and You know, like with my children, I don't, I'm not about to go buy you a car. You want to work for us. We're going to go to work. You're going to see what the responsibility is from start to finish. And then you go from there. You know, you know, I do some stuff for my kids, of course, but you have to start with just making them responsible, making them not feel like it's supposed to be this. And then if you just hand them everything, they're not going to want to work for it. or don't even appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: Exactly. And that's what I really, you know, I had. I had a very interesting childhood um, because I felt like my parents tried to do the best that they could, but they were just overwhelmed and they didn't know what to do, which left a lot of my siblings and I to really kind of raise ourselves. And that's also overwhelming. And we didn't know what to do. (laughs) But I think that one of the things that I think that was interesting, though, is that at some point as a teenager, I understood what my father wanted for us. Like I had seen right. all of, a lot of my sisters deal with the chaos of just trying to figure it out and just really rebelling against what our parents wanted for us. And like my parents really didn't know how to handle that and they didn't handle it well. Like nobody handled a lot of it well, right? So it was a right. hot mess. But for me, seeing all of this happen, I was like, I really think that our parents just want the best for us and they want us to be good children. And if we are good children and have dreams and they can support us in our dreams, then I think that they will support us. And so that right. was kind of like what I got from it as a sixth child of seeing, you know, everything going on. Um, um, And that's what I did. Like I, since I was young, I wanted to be a doctor, which is different than most people around me. You know, there wasn't any right. doctors in my family, Um, But because I had that dream at a young age, a lot of people in my family held me accountable. So when I was in middle Mm -hmm, school, I wasn't really going to school. I was depressed. Um, And it was just a situation. It was one of those things where I was raising myself. I was depressed and I was raising myself. And I didn't know how to raise myself, you know. So um, I, you know, just didn't go to school. And I just kind of was at home floating around. And my older sisters were like, my two older sisters were like, you want to be a doctor. Like, you got to go to school. They held me accountable. They're like, you got to be responsible. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not consistent with what your dreams are. Right. And so, and then my um, sister right over me, she mostly just was like, you don't need to be, you know, out here in these streets like us. Um, I really didn't have a a big desire to be out on the streets. You know what I mean? So when I went to go live with my dad, because those couple of years I lived with my mom, And when I went to go live with my dad, my dad took us to school every day. Like he really did want the best for us, but he just didn't want to fight with us. You know what I mean? Right. So when I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to do what I'm supposed to do and be responsible and go after my dreams. My dad was so supportive, like, right. And people in my family were just like, "How did you do that? Like, how did you get that right. to like be supportive right. <laughs> instead of fighting and all that sort of thing?" And I'm like, "Because I under, because I saw him for who um, he was. Yeah, mm-hmm. you no, know, I saw mm-hmm. him for you who understand. he was, and I understood his vision. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, I, and so it's just one of those things. that's interesting with your kids is just trying to help them have some kind of vision and being supportive of that because that's what I tell people all the time. I'm like A lot of times these kids, they're on social media um, and that's what they're gonna do, but get them involved in something else, you know? Like figure out, help them figure out what their passions are and support that because that is what really changed my life is having a supportive parent just believe in me and be like, all right, I'm taking you to school every day. Like I went from barely (laughs) ever going to school, like failing middle school to ninth grade. I had a, I had perfect attendance. My dad drove me to school every day.
1: I had perfect attendance, and I had a 4.0 GPA. Wow. Wow. And that's the main key that, you know, like you said, uh, like, as a teenager, you don't know, you know, you're all over the place. You don't know what direction you want to go in. You're asking yourself, like, my parents saying this, but what is the correct way? You know, I hear them, but I don't hear them. But if you constantly pour into the youth, um, they will eventually listen. They will eventually get it once they start experiencing certain things. Um, I have teenagers. So it's basically like with me, something I'll step back because I'm like, they have to experience if they're not listening the first three times. So, um, and like you said, just being supportive, you get in tune on what they like and, you know, you start being active with it. You're not trying to be their friend, but you're basically being supportive. You're being a parent and you're being a guidance, you know, something that you already done experience. You're trying to help them to, you know, get through things and kind of skip a couple of things that we bumped our head on, but we know they also have to bump their head, you know, and then you talk to them and see what their vision is, if their vision is doing anything like with hair, you know, I had a vision and I had so many people around me that was, you know, they were it more than I was. They were like, you're going to be this you're going to do this and I'm just like yeah I don't see it but I see it but I don't see it so you know they kept putting that drive and kept pushing me kept you know giving me motivation to go through it you know I had a vision but I didn't see that it was going to come alive. you know but the people that believed in me pushed me towards it and I'm like my everything I thought of dreamed of vision is coming to life and it's right. more to come I'm not even done yet so it's like you know, once you once you have that support system, people are pulling the positivity into you, right. it's like just keep pushing, you know. Right. And you're unstoppable. Right. And and that's what's interesting because as
0: I was, you know, writing my last book, um, trying to define the word love. So love, the best way I've heard it defined is by Bill Hooks. Um, she's a mm-hmm. feminist writer and she wrote a book called All About Love. And she said that love is nurturing. She said, a lot of our Mm -hmm. families show us care. You know, they show us care. They try to take care of you. She said, but nurturing is the real love. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about nurturing those dreams. Even when you don't see that dream, like when I was falling off track, even when I didn't see the dream and I didn't have the confidence to go after it in that moment, my sister said, my oldest sister said, you're going to be a doctor. Um, you're going to be a doctor. You just, you need to go to school. Like, what are you doing with yourself? You know, (laughs) but so it's that, it's that responsibility though. Like people just holding you accountable and saying, you know, you got to be responsible for yourself and you got to be responsible for your dreams. And I really appreciate that because there's so many people in your life who can be negative, who will laugh at when you're down, you know what I mean? And kick you when you're down. And that's kind of like the kind of person my mother is. Um, she's definitely yeah. a kick you when you're down type of person, and I do not. Mm-hmm. When I when I see that in somebody, I run the other way. Right.
1: because other way, exactly.
0: I have no time and no space in my life to try to prove myself to people. Right. Uh-huh. Um, for people who don't really see me for who I am, and it's just one of those things. People people like that will try to tell you who you are. You know. Right.
1: Exactly. Like right. you ain't nothing. At you ain't never time, gonna be there's... nothing. But at the same time, they're not all the way together either. So it's right. like, how could you judge? How could you, instead of just being supportive, just, you know, if I'm down now, I'm not going to stay down forever. You know, I'm just having right. a moment right now. So, you know, you know, seeing things I've done from the past and you've seen things that I'm doing now, I'm just having a moment. So, right. Like you said, just, you have to erase those people that are negative and, you know, have no time, especially if you're on a journey to greatness. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. Like, we all have those moments in our
0: journey where we're either stuck or where we're just unfocused. And it's okay to have those. And that's what I often tell people is like, when you are having those moments, that's why it's important to surround yourself with people who want to see you win. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. a lot of like, exactly. I will say, out of my five older sisters, three out of the five, and I will say, I will say, most of them wanted to see me win, but two of them are more like my, my, my uh mother where they're kind of like if you're down they're gonna make fun of you they're gonna try to kick you when you're down and i just never really had like the best relationship with those um two older sisters my other three older sisters have always been a lot more encouraging and supportive when you have those Mm -hmm. and that because that's what most people want most people want to be nurtured and they want they want that coaching because you know when you're trying to be a winner when you're trying to be a winner you need people to coach you to greatness like I know you don't see it right well,
1: now, but you're great, and you're right. going to be great, and you're going to get there. And right. right. oftentimes, a lot of people don't are not family members. A lot of times, as you are as you are on your journey, you you know you gain friends, and you bring you gain people that are going to be those people that's going to encourage you and keep encouraging you. I have experienced a lot of that. Um, my is a little different, where you know a lot of people aren't entrepreneurs a lot of people are in the medical field um they chose childcare care and other um areas but I chose a different path and you know I'm like how do I get to this level of greatness so you know I started from working at the hospital and I had um just mentors and just people that helped me I, you know I was not in management but I did management roles I you know um Interactive with doctors and nurses and other things because I always asked a lot of questions I always wanted to know why this why that and I wanted to know from the beginning to the end of everything like um and that's still like a role that I play now so it's like ask a lot of questions um stay positive um uh, keep those people in your life appreciate those people that enter your life um yeah so I mean yeah Yeah.
0: And that's the biggest thing for me. Like mentorship is so important because for me, it's been, there's been people like teachers who have been helpful in moments when I was down. Um, There were a lot of like, it was hard because in that time in my life, I've changed schools. So a lot of them didn't really know me. They didn't know what my life was about. So that was also really hard. Um, but there was so I talked to him in the last episode about how there was a teacher who was like, hey, I think you're going to be a teacher someday and you should go and, you know, start trying to teach these younger students and just trying to give me something positive to do as far as coping. Right. Um, and so I never mm-hmm. had really knew, like thought about service as coping. I had done service before with yeah. my mom um, and with my parents, but I had never used it as a way to kind of get out of sight of myself and just use my talents in a different way because she was just like you're so talented and smart but you need to be using your talents and you need to figure out some kind of way um so there were a lot of teachers in my life who who were good mentors um and even like the librarian my in my high school I graduated from Shaw High School and a librarian her name was Miss Morrison so she passed away unfortunately a few years ago and but she she had, I think she had one daughter and she would take us everywhere. She took us to like DC. She would take us to Columbus because I was the, I was a president of the Key Club, which is a service organization. Um, and so she would take us uh, everywhere. And that's the thing for me, like, I don't have children, but I try so hard to pour into, to pay it forward, you mm-hmm. know, because there were so many people right. who I wasn't related to who did pour into me. Mm-hmm. And that's why yeah. I try to pour into my patients. That's why I try to pour into my community. And that's why I try to pour into my students. And that's what's kind of funny, like full circle moment. Right, um, right. I teach now.
1: You know, like <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. you take a village, you take a village. You know? yeah. It definitely so does. a lot of times. Yeah, so a lot of times, well, well, my past, well, I have experienced um, people that was trying to kick me down was saying, you know, you're not going to be able to get a house. You're not going to be able to, you know be build your clientele you have to do this you have to do that like even when I was in hair school the teacher said to me she said she's not gonna do well she's no, she's gonna um not be successful in hair and the other girls that I was around they were going to be successful today fast forward I'm a business owner I've been in business for five years doing well the other ladies that was in the class that she prepared me to are not even doing hair at all so yes. you know and then I took those things I didn't I didn't um say anything back or, you know, I just took it and kept it in the back of my mind. So, you know, it helped me to push forward. Like, it's only more motivation. You're only driving Mm -hmm. me more. And then she only said it because, you know, I wasn't on the floor doing hair at night when people are doing services. I was more in my books because I had to look at it like, okay, I'm going to need this for my future. I need to focus on this part of the schooling versus that part. And that was what I needed to do. But it wasn't her vision, but I had a different vision. So it helped Mm -hmm. me.
0: Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. And that's, and that's what I try to tell people, especially in my course is, you know, you want to take note of those people who are, who don't want to see you win, like the hater type of people. You want to take note Mm -hmm. of that and you want to stay away from them because I feel like so many people are always around frenemies. Like Mm -hmm. this idea of frenemies, people who smile on your face, backstabber type of people. There are so right. many people who hang around those people all the time. And that's all they know.
1: It's so draining. I don't see how, because it's draining. <laughs> it's one of those things well, have- because they're
0: the same type of person. And it's kind of like misery loves right. company. And they have this, like, you know, it's, it's, that's what I say about, also. I watch reality TV. I watch a lot of the housewives and I watch married to medicine. And I say that all yeah. of those shows should all be called frenemies frenemies, right. Alana, <laughs> frenemies. You know? And so that's, what's interesting to me, like watching it on TV is that uh-huh. you, know, you learn how to recognize the people who say, who try to kick you when you're down or who just say negative things, right. like just try to throw darts at you. So you just have to pay attention because there are, the more time you spend with those type of people, number one, the worse you're going to feel about yourself. But number two, right. the less time you have to focus your energy with other people who could be pouring into you and want to see you win. Right, exactly. And, exactly. But you have to also be a person that wants to see other people win, because I think that a lot of times people exactly. like that frenemy situation because they like the gossip, they like the negativity, and they like, they like the negativity
1: as long as it's not directed at themselves, you know? Right, exactly. And so it comes to them, then, you know, it's a whole different story. I've experienced those types of people as well. And, you know, like you said, just stay around positive people. And the people that have the friend of me, you know, are, you know, like you said, or as one that has seen people win and do good. Like myself, I love to see people do positive things or, um, you know, start their dream or their passion or something or even a career. You don't have to be entrepreneur. It can be a nine to five. It can be whatever you desire to do, you know. and once you see other people win, it, it makes you feel good. but so you see somebody else doing something and somebody else is happy or not sad or down or depressed. Right. But everything, well, everything's a struggle. So everything has its ups and downs um, about it. A lot of people were saying like, you know, hair is not, doing here is not a career it's just sad hustle and i'm like i'm just kind of offense to it but at the same time I'm like that's your opinion you know i can't change that but we do everything that a corporate office do we do our own taxes we do 401ks we build. we have savings we we build the building we know you know reconstruct the building we do, we deal with clients so we have the service we are everything you know right so. I think that
0: what a lot of people, it's one of those things, sometimes when people say things like that, it's what they're basically saying is that it's a hard job because people said the same thing to me about being a doctor and especially being a family doctor. It's really hard, um, but it's like life is hard and you have to earn every moment. And if you really are passionate about something, you're going to go and you're going to do it. And that's the biggest thing about a lot of people who are hairstylists they mm-hmm. don't always necessarily have the ability to organize it. Cause it takes a lot of organizing um, yourself right. because that's the thing for me, like even as a family doctor, like I could own my own business, but I don't, I'm, I'm not the best at organizing. So I know that mm-hmm. for me, I, if I'm going to organize, it has to be like, you know, my calendar as far as like speaking or being in different cities, that kind of thing I can organize. But as far as like right. my schedule is like, Sometimes it's every 20 minutes, sometimes it's every 30 minutes. So having to organize exactly. that amount of clients on a daily basis, that would be hard for me to do. Um, mm-hmm. even like trying to train somebody, that sort of thing. So I choose to be an employee for that part right. of my business, you know, <laughs> because mm-hmm. I'm just like, right. I just know myself. I know that my brain doesn't work in that way. I'm not detail oriented in that way where that works well for me. So that's the biggest thing that you have to know yourself. And so for some people, the idea of doing something like, what you do is overwhelming. And so they're mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, that's why most people do it as a side hustle because it's overwhelming to think about it doing full time. But if you're that kind of person where your brain thinks that way and it organizes in that way, then you're just the right person to do it.
1: Right. So, you know, like far as speaking on that, it is a lot of work. It's not just doing hair it's behind the scene work that you have to do. Um, building my clientele, you know, I was able to take phone calls and, you know, Put people in the next day or the next two days, but now that my clientele is um grew a lot, it is overwhelming to where I can't answer the phone and do your hair. So, I be, if you're calling me, you want me to answer the phone, but if you're on my chair, you don't want me to stay on my phone all the time. So it's like I try to give people the time when they're in my chair. That is your time, but if there is sometimes where I have to answer the phone. So I switched over to online. And to me, with today's world, a lot of people are booking online or doing um, social media or, you know, but I have older clients that doesn't like it, you know, or um, people that even, you know, younger people that don't like booking online, they like to just make a phone call and just get right in. So you come with losing clients, you come with um, the backlash or feedback, um, but I'm okay with that. So it's like, I'm going to continue to grow. I want to be more... Um, and in tune with today's world and how everything is flexing, but also make it work for me and work for the clients that's okay with it. You know, so you have those times where you work in um all crazy, a lot of crazy hours from seven in the morning to nine at night. What I was doing, and I'm like, I have no outside world. So it's like you kind of got to balance it, you know. So yeah. yeah, I deal with that a
0: lot as a as a doctor, like just trying to manage the same things um as far as like boundaries and trying to figure out you know what days you're gonna work late um and what days you get off early because you can't work all day every day like it's impossible right um I mean you can but it's not sustainable you can do it early on like that's what a lot of business owners do when they first start because that's what my parents did like they were working a lot but they never really got they never really got to the point where they were able to like hire people and have less time because that like really that was one of the things that kind of like Led to their divorce because they were just always working all the time, and yeah. so it's just one of those things that you have to just have some awareness that it's not sustainable and it can have a lot of really big consequences. Um, yeah. So, so for exactly. me, like I took that lesson from my parents to dream big, but I also took the mm-hmm. lesson from my parents: don't let that those dreams consume your whole life.
1: Right. Don't get so wrapped up into work you lose sight of home. That's right. My biggest. That's our biggest. Um, same in our household. Um, but we do know what's important and we do, you know, take care of responsibility but at the same time, it's like you have those clients where it's like, I'm used to calling her, I'm used to getting in, right in, but now I can't even get in, I'm going somewhere else. And that's okay, you know, I'm always here when they want to come back or if they choose to come back. Um, but my clientele is continuing to grow, you know, because you know, I'm being myself and, um, and I'm still the same person, I'm not changing, it's just I'm getting... I'm trying to stay professional. I'm trying to make right. everything be, you know, an experience, not just somewhere somebody's coming just to get air. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's the same thing for me, um, because I switched my appointments to 30-minute appointments. And so then people uh-uh. are having a hard time getting in with me. And you know, and then I, like, I took over, um, I joined a practice where somebody had been there for 30 years and they were used to them calling them all the time. And that sort of thing. And I'm just like, I don't have to, like, like what you're saying, like I'm sitting here taking care of patients all day. I don't have time to be on the phone calling people every day. And right. the way that the doctor before would do that, she would stay at work until eight or nine o'clock and she would be answering messages mm-hmm. at three in the morning. Like, cause people send my, chart. Right. So she used to be responding to my <laughs> chart messages at three in the morning. So she didn't have very good work-life boundaries because I was just a generation like our parents generation they were they were somewhat of workaholics you know Mm -hmm. and so for us as millennials seeing that like understanding the lesson of like I'm I'm sure my parents being workaholics contributed to their divorce you know and and part of the reason why my sisters and I had to raise ourselves was because they were working so much that Um, you know, when we were having problems being teenagers, they didn't, they didn't take us to the doctor. They didn't take us to therapy. They didn't do all those things that, um, that a lot of people do now because they understand that taking home, taking care of home is really important. So it was just a different generation. So a lot of Mm -hmm. our older patients are having a hard time adjusting to that. Like, because it's just, you know, for me, (laughs) it's just one of those things like I can't be in 20 different places and I can't, and I can't work all day, every day, because like a lot of people at our office have quit and it's just like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay here for a while. And in order for me to stay here for a while, I have to have boundaries about, you know, what constitute, what constitutes, you know, basically triage and prioritizing, like who do I need to call today? Who can I call next week? Who can I get on my schedule? Mm -hmm. And I I generally try to put them all on my schedule because that's the biggest thing. Like, right. I can't, exactly. like, for us as doctors, they're like, can you just call me? And it's just like, this is my job. You know? Right, <laughs> like, exactly. like, I can't call right. you all the time and give you free medical advice. Like, right. number one, it's not safe because often we, we might need to see you. Um, right. Number two, it's just one of those things where it's not effective. It's not effective for you to depend on us
1: um, to have time in our schedule. Like, just get on the schedule, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, with me being an entrepreneur and being a hairstylist, people feel that I shouldn't have an outside world, a life. life, yeah. um, you know, we can't get sick, we can't, take off we can't have emergencies because then we'll get like oh she she didn't answer my call or she didn't. you know it's never been a thing with me where i'll never answer like not show up for a appointment if i have to you know change something around i am good about you know hey can you come this day instead of this day because something came up far as me but it's like you have to people from the outside have to look at it like we are human too right. you know we get sick we get days where you know we're not at our best but we try to stay at our best for you um you know, so, yeah, you have to have balance, you know, right. so it's like, do you want me here or do you want me gone? You know, right. do you care about me much, <laughs> you know, but right. a lot of my clients yeah. are, you know, became more of my family. So it's like, right. you know, we have understanding and we have, you know, we're, you know, we're good about working things out.
0: Right. And that's the biggest yeah. thing for me, because that's that capitalism. Capitalism mm-hmm. will have us out here trying to be robots, but we're not robots. Right. And so you have to find the people who respect your humanity Mm because I find that a lot of the workplace, even for me in corporate, a lot of the workplaces are disrespectful to our humanity and, and a lot of our clients and our patients can be disrespectful to that as well. And so for me, that's how I am. Like, if you don't respect my humanity, I don't need you as a patient. You know what I mean? If you want me to be, if your expectation of me is that I'm going to be a robot and be responding to your messages at three in the morning, it's
1: not going to work right. out for you.
0: And that's the whole thing for me. I'm like, the world just doesn't work like that anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. You get those want so, to say, hello, 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 question mark, question mark. Right, yeah. So it's
0: just like, it's like the world, you know, you think about, like I said, the the world, like we have to be flexible and adapt as we're aging, but people also have to be flexible and adapt to the fact that the world is changing every day. And this generation as millennials, I say like our, our, our model is gen, as millennials is like, nope, because right. we just have boundaries. Like our parents didn't have any boundaries. They just were trying to survive and they just did whatever they felt they needed to do, to do survive. But as millennials, we want to survive in a different way. We want to survive right. in a mental health way. We want our families to be intact. We are looking mm-hmm. for a different type of survival and we understand that we have to say no.
1: Yes, that is yes. That's my biggest thing for this whole year is saying no. I have to say no. Because if I don't, then, you know, something or someone is going to get a short end of the stick. So it's like, you know, I have to even it out to where it's like at home. Everybody is good. My kids, my husband at work. My my clients are good. Even my stylists that work there. Everyone is good. And I'm good. Right. I have to be good, first and foremost, because I can't help everyone around me if I'm yeah. not. Yeah, well, yeah that's I, the biggest thing is saying, when to say no. <laughs> right. Because I tell people often, I'm like,
0: people think, people will try to say that millennials are lazy. And I'm like, it's not that we're lazy. It's a trauma response. Like we saw our parents run themselves ragged. We saw them literally die and work themselves to death. Or for me, my parents okay. are both still with us, fortunately, but my father lost a toe um from amputation, from diabetes. My mother's health is not mm-hmm. the best. Um, So we just it's like a trauma response of like I don't want to age right. like that I don't want this right. to be my life I don't want to be divorced you know what I mean and obviously right. people are still going to get divorced because you know that's just yeah. one of those things but if you can help it
1: you want to try something different right exactly and that's in all angles not just trying to balance work and everything that's just all angles mm-hmm. try something different try right. something new change is good it's not always bad yep. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: kind of been a theme for this week on my podcast. I mean, not on my podcast, but on my social media. Just trying mm-hmm. to trying to explore the exploration because right. we, you know, we're not going to get it all right either. Um, you're never going to uh-huh. get everything right, but you at least try to do something different. Um, and that was the biggest thing for me, like with my marriage and with my career. My biggest thing is my husband and I. We both work a lot. We actually do love working. Um, so right. for me, that's part of the reason why. I didn't think I wanted to have children because I'm just like, I don't know when I'm going to have time for them. You know what I mean? And obviously I could work less and create time for them. But I like working more than I like taking care of children. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Because I grew up taking care of children. I grew up taking care of children. I'm one of nine. So I helped raise my younger siblings. I helped raise a lot of my nieces and nephews. And I walked away from that life. I was like, I got to go. You know? (laughs) You want to do something different. Exactly. (laughs) Say different it's just one of those things we all do things based on the information that we have and I just would encourage people to to try different things always and and that's the thing I'm saying like with the beauty thing you know you try different things to make yourself feel more confident but you also recognize mm-hmm. that when when that beauty is coping is becoming destructive and try to cope in a different right. way you know right try something
1: different walk
0: away from that Sorry. walk away from the social media walk away from the mirror go do something else you know <laughs>
1: Right. Like work, like focus on like health, workout, or, you know, do something different. That's, and that's me every day. Like back in the day, my mom said to me one day, she said, You keep trying new ventures. You keep doing different things. Are you done yet? She actually brought me a tub with a teddy bear in it with some um, bubble bath and said, Relax. And I said, No, I want to keep trying something different. I want to keep going. And I'm like, I keep going. And that's just my attitude and my mindset that I still have to this day to keep trying something different. I try new ventures. I, I, you know, I build those things up and then I get bored. So then I'm like, OK, let's try something else, you know, and just venturing out like, you, you know, how you are. You know, you do a lot of um, venturing out to black owned businesses and supporting and trying new things. And that's inspiration for a lot of other people. Like, hey, well, let me try this, too. Or let me do this stuff, too. So if people see you doing certain things, they was like, hey, let me try this, too. Right. So yeah. Keep just giving people like- help someone
0: else. Right. Exactly. Cause that's what, that's what gives us the confidence to do something different, because like I'm saying, especially for me as a family doctor, I'm constantly trying to get people to, you know, try something different, like stop drinking soda, mm-hmm. stop using alcohol to cope, stop using cigarettes to cope, stop using fried chicken to cope, you know? So I'm right. constantly trying to get people to cope in a different way. Like go for a walk, try, mm-hmm. try this or try that. And I think that the purpose of it is to. we need to change our culture, like our culture yeah. in America, especially in the Midwest and in the South. Our In the Midwest, our culture is very Southern. Like you just don't grow up seeing people going for walks. You don't grow up seeing people right. eating salads. It's just right. And so for me, I'm like, as black people, especially if we're going to survive and thrive, we got to do something different than what our parents did, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and different and than what understand. our environment
1: shows us right and i'm really surprised like i get a lot of clients first timers like in their in their 20s and 30s like this is my first time at a salon and i'm just like you know it 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 amazed me and i'm just like why you know why haven't you tried it but it's good they're trying something different and then you know they grow to love it so um yeah just doing something different yeah that's the that's the word of the week (laughs) do something different (laughs) yeah explore explore
0: adventure like try something different so so you know I think that's a good place to leave it I think that I hope that this self-love Saturday people can learn that loving yourself really is an experimentation that's what I and that's really what I'm trying to get people you got to find what works for you and you got to you know be confident enough to figure it out what works for you Because a lot of people are just doing the same thing over and over and over again that isn't working for them. And so you have to, at some point, give yourself that feedback like,
1: this Uh really isn't
0: working for me.
1: What are some other things that I can try? You know? Right. Exactly. So I want to thank you. Thank you for having me today. It was, it was fun. Always (laughs) fun. Our conversations are always fun. (laughs) Yes, for sure. I appreciate you. you.
0: I appreciate you so much. And thank you for being here. I know that you're shy and you were nervous about doing this, but we did great. <laughs>
1: yes. But it's <laughs> something
0: different. Something new. Yes. So, right. new. Explore. <laughs> so
1: hopefully um, more to come.
0: Yes, yes. So I hope that you all take that with you and your self-love Saturday. Um, go out and explore the world. And so we want to wish everyone a great self-love Saturday. And I want you to always remember that loving yourself is an act of rebellion. Of Saturday, Hubliff with love. Stuff of Saturday, Breaking Cycles, we rebels. Stuff of Saturday, Hubliff with love. Stuff of Saturday, Breaking Cycles, we rebels.